found. It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. And today's podcast is brought to you by Pamp Coffee, a local San Diego coffee company. Uh, check them out on Etsy.com slash shop slash Pamp Coffee. That is P-A motherfucking M-P. And uh, what's up, guys? It's uh, another episode of the podcast from outer space with your boy, Rob Scott. We got Adam Narlock in the house. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, we got Ryan Scott, as always. Hello, everybody far and wide. And special guest on the episode tonight, our boy Bobby Bones, getting a little spooky. Greetings, Earthlings. Yes, now, our dear friend, dear friend of the podcast, uh, Bobby Bones, he's out here. He's going to be our sit-in guest this episode. Um, He was out here working with us on another episode, very special one. It's going to drop in the future. So, that fourth voice you hear, that's going to be Bobby Bones chiming in when he can on this episode. And yes, ladies, he is single. And looking to bone. And he will definitely bring all the beers. They don't call him Bobby Bones for nothing, guys. Um, But without further ado, we're getting into the Amityville Horror tonight. Um, Hopefully all you guys are aware of what that's about. Isn't that that girl you brought home last month? Well, I've been dating the same girl for (laughs) six months, buddy, so no, it's not. (laughs) Come on. So, yeah. Now, admittedly, guys, um, this is a little out of our wheelhouse, our wheel shed, um, our wheel apartment. Uh, You know. Basement where we keep our wheels. Yes. But it is October. So, we are, you know, continuing the theme of Halloween, getting spooky content. Uh, You know, this whole one was Rob's idea. You know, he's the horror guy, big horror guy over here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> big horror guy yes i am no he did not die in that pit and tonight so we're getting into now i'm gonna go ahead and say um most famous haunted house of all time the amityville horror i mean can you guys think of any more uh haunted houses haunted buildings that are have more content in the media more coverage more Hoobly blobly blee blah written about them than Amityville Horror. Now, are we talking about actual haunted houses or hoaxes? No, a- either one. I mean, I'm thinking maybe Lizzie Borden House. Um, I mean, is that the house name? Does anybody have a reading on that? Lizzie Borden Axe case. She like uh, supposedly killed her family with an axe. Not sure the name of that one, pal. Yeah, I think her. Um she killed her family in the house, but then before she had actually moved into the house, uh, one of her relatives had killed their whole family in the uh, house. So, uh, oh, it's a curse. Yeah, and that yeah. one has a lot of content on it. So I'd say, like, you know, maybe neck and neck. I mean, what what are you guys reading on that? What about the Charles Manson house? Manson murder house. What about Pee Wee's Playhouse? <laughs> well, uh, no, that's a nightmare. When we uh, were talking about it earlier, the first house that came to my mind actually was the White House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this guy had a... So, it's no secret. This guy's a big history buff. Um, history major Bobby Bones over here. Uh, now, White House. That's on and legitimately? Yeah, they say people who sleep in the Lincoln bedroom um, say it's haunted by like all these past presidents that died and all that. So, 
You know? Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah. Okay. Didn't expect him to be much of a haunt unless he was at a playhouse, maybe. Well, he was a vampire hunter, so. <laughs> oh, that is true. I, for, I forget about that sometimes. So, you know, with the Amityville, this is a classic uh, mainstream haunting, and it's definitely an odd case, to say the least. Um, you know, we're going to get into that, and... Um, you know, aspects of this episode, the haunting in general, ghosts and um, demons, you know, this will all kind of play into our Halloween special, which, stay tuned, that'll be dropping next week. So a little clue for you guys, you know, just as the Watergate was our kind of precursor, our preemptive episode, our premature ejaculation to the X-Files, um, this is going to be little precursor to our Halloween special this year. Now, right off the bat, got to cite a few sources. Um, Amityville Horror, The True Story by John Anson, uh, the real Amityville Horror documentary, and, of course, various pages and pages of internet threads. A lot of crack research put into this episode for you guys by our very own Rob Stone. Well, this little guy helped me out, too. Oh, thank you. Now, right off the bat again, um, let's. I, now, I want to ask you guys all this. So, do you guys believe in ghosts? What's your consensus on that? Teabag, Rob, and our sitting guest, Bobby Bones. Yes. <laughs> That's it? Just a solid yes? Okay, I like it. We got a black and white yes from Teabag. That's a yes or no question. What else did you want me to say? I don't know. Maybe go into it a little detail. Why, Rob, no, no, no. Believe? Rob, what do you got? Yes. Okay. Bones? Bones? I'm going to have to go with no. Okay. Basically, I want to see the evidence right now. Um, you know, all these ghost cases and... Don't say that because all this bad shit is going to start happening in the middle of the episode. Now, okay. So I'm in the camp as Bobby. I don't believe in ghosts. Not to say I'm not open to the idea. I definitely, it is something that intrigues me. Obviously, I've done all this research. I've been doing countless ghost researches. Um, but, you know, it's just nothing that I've experienced personally, so I'm going to have to be in the skeptic corner over here. Y'all are both from Virginia, and you ain't never experienced any ghost stuff. I will say, okay, so we'll get to our own separate stories a little later, but I have one ghost story. Okay. Now, could be false, could be true. It's up for debate. <laughs> um, okay, so two for no, two for yes. Now, do you guys believe in God? Yes. Yes. No. Okay. Now, I, this is where I'm in a little bit of a gray area here. Now, I do believe in some type of a higher power, but organized religion, that's just not for me. Well, you asked God, not are you a Christian? So, <laughs> just clarifying over there, buddy. Well. God would be defined as a higher power, right? Well, that's, again, a bit of a gray area. So it sounds like, to me, we got two yeses, a no, and then a guy that's on the fence on both of these topics. This guy likes to pray to his own deity, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, we've all seen that shrine. Yeah, you know, I, I like to believe that there's uh, some type of a um, dimension, something that we're not aware of, some type of thing with the soul where maybe this energy could be hanging around uh, where maybe these hauntings come from. I mean, not necessarily the idea of a, a ghost or a, a god, you know, up in heaven. 
Um, you know, so uh, you're an energy guy. That's why you took us to the crystal store that one time. Energy. You just said energy. I'm saying dimension. And, and then you also said energies right after it. You want to play it back? Well, yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no question as we covered on our Frankenstein episode, electric charge, you know, the body, it's got that energy there. And I actually almost got you the copy of Life Magazine, got Frankenstein on the cover. <laughs> this guy showed that to me today. Now, believe in ghosts, both of you guys. Would you say, let's get a little more specific now. So would you say you're open to the idea, you just don't believe in it because you haven't seen it yourself? Yeah, that, with ghosts especially, yes. What about God? Well, hey, <laughs> if somebody comes down here. Um, God you know, hasn't even come back yet. That's okay with me. Now, let's get a little more specific now. What types of things do we believe in? Now, Rob, you said yes for ghosts. Um, so you are believing in like um, spirits hang around the house. Uh, like what the kinds house. of ghosts? Yeah. What <laughs> kinds of ghosts do you like? The house is on it. Classic haunted house. Or do you think, hey, spirits are just out there in the street. Like maybe you run into a ghost hitchhiker or something. Uh, mm. Ghost dogs, ghost gorillas are, are jiving it up in the jungle. Like what do you think? Ghost Harambe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. What? When you think of ghosts, like what is your definition? Like what do you believe in and where do you draw the line when it comes to ghosts? Mm, I would say that I believe that there's definitely a fine separation between soul and body and that sometimes that soul gets kind of trapped, trapped after the body dies. And, you know, in some cases maybe it's a friendly haunting, in some cases maybe it's like spiteful, hateful, possibly. Okay. So, you know, maybe it's just a ghost that's just hanging out with you, being your friend, Casper style. But then also maybe there's that ghost that's, you know, flinging open the fucking cupboards, turning the shower water cold on you. And, you know, watching your girlfriend change and stuff. So that's <laughs> a, that would be Johnny Knoxville as a ghost. <laughs> Could be. All Even right. Bam Margera. All right, teabag. Now, you are again, yes, solid yes. It was no hesitation in the ghost camp. So what kind... Now, again, same question stands. What do I believe in? I believe in life after love. Okay, come on. That's, come on I've got to cut that. That's All right. Funny. When it comes to ghosts, where do you draw the line and what do you think of? You know, what are your thoughts? What do you think of? Yeah. So the government... Like, test? as a ghost, <laughs> hey... I'm a ghost. There's thousands of definitions I'm a ghost. of ghosts. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think in like like the white sheet over the head kind of ghosts. Like I've had Charlie Brown style ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think of that. I think like I've had an interaction with ghosts. A ghost. Okay. Ghost, ghost animals, dude. Okay. And then, so where do you draw the line? I don't. Okay. So there's no line. Just, <laughs> just for free reign. Yeah. So, if you want to be a ghost, be a ghost. And now the reason I posed the God question um, to you guys that both believe in ghosts. So interesting. The guys that believe in God also believe in ghosts. Yeah. So that's what I'm kind of getting at here. Okay, so, okay. Um, you know, that's heaven not what and I'm getting at. So heaven and hell, um, like where do you stand when it comes to kind of demonic possessions, that sort of thing? That's the one thing that scares me, dude. I saw The Exorcist and didn't sleep for a week. Well, I'd like to quote okay. our good friend Nick Klaus and say, you don't fuck with a demon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now, all four of us here, we got to have some type of ghost 
stories, any personal experiences, any sort of weird things that you yourself can't explain. I'm not saying it's a yes, 100% ghost, just maybe something that you experienced that, hey, this was a little weird, uh, maybe put me on the fence, maybe um, maybe not. I feel like I've shared this story before, but for any new listeners. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe yeah. this is someone's first episode, so right, teabag right. up first. Teabag, taking your podcast virginity, right? So when I was younger, I was a huge skeptic, like didn't believe in aliens, didn't believe in ghosts, basically mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. But then when I moved back out here after university, I was staying with a family and they they would tell me stuff all the time like, oh, we see shadows in the back corner of the house, like the back room, the youngest daughter's room, like scary stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever, like didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> one night there was this huge thunderstorm in Southern California, which never happens. I mean, we had one the other night for the goals yeah. game. Other than that, like I've never seen a thunderstorm. And... I just remember my laptop, like, shorted out, got all fucked up. You sure you didn't spill some beer on it? No, that's <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> all of a sudden, like, my door just cracked open slightly, okay. which I thought would be, like, like, air conditioning or something, like, something going on in the house. Like, I didn't think it was. Yeah, air moves. Right, right, right. Yep. Door cracks open just enough, like, if you, like, if you could imagine a cat walking through a door. Okay. And I'm just, like, laying, looking at the door, and I feel something jump up on my bed and start walking up towards me. Something. Now, what? Two feet? Uh, we felt, talking full-grown feet? Human feet? No, I'm uh, thinking little, little kitty cat paws. <laughs> okay. Little, little meow meow paws. So it was a cat. Now, did they have a cat? They had three cats, but... So it was a cat. <laughs> no, no, but that's the thing. Because, like, I was watching, and I could feel, like, paws walking towards me, but it wasn't one of the cats. How do you know it wasn't one of the cats? Because there was nothing physically there. Now, you say it's dark, storm, shorted out your laptop. Three in the morning. So this is dark. Yeah. That's a black cat, dude. No, they didn't have a black cat. They had three orange cats. Orange. Like bright-ass orange. Like Garfield. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, man, like... Okay. I think I would have seen... And they they Now, did you have some lasagna in your bed? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's what they're after. Yeah. No, like I said, man, like bright-ass orange cats. I think I would have seen it. Well, you think that, but you know, I mean, the mind does play tricks. Right. So possibly one of these orange cats, possibly a ghost cat, you're saying? I'm thinking. But see, here's the thing. So like right when that happened, I called my mom and I was like, hey, like this ghost cat like came into my bed last night. And she was like, oh, that happens to me all the time. So I don't know. Okay, well. I'm just saying, man. All right, we don't have time to get into that. Right. But okay, so um, Rob, you got any ghost stories for us? Yeah, I'll, I'll drop one on you. Mm. One of the many Just that one. I have. Many? How many are we talking? I only so have I was going to write a book. He's got two, so <laughs> so best of two. Give us your best shot. Well, I technically have three, but... All right, well, we're not going to get into schematics here. Um, <laughs> just give us your best one. Well, actual physical ghosts that I saw, I will go with uh, when I was over at your boy Nick Bankowski's house. Okay. This is back in high school. Guy's a damn Sam Squatch. He keeps telling me, telling me he's seeing this ghost in his house. Uh-huh. All this weird shit's happening. He's hearing voices in his head at night. And I was just <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. This guy's unbelievable. So I was like, all right, I got to go check this out. Because, uh, you know, high school kid. Ghost investigator. I want to go see a ghost. <laughs> okay. So we're just hanging out at his house. We're like listening to music on his computer or something, something or other. Um, 
On MySpace. Probably. <laughs> and uh, door, door to the computer room's open upstairs. And he keeps telling me that he sees the ghost in his sister's room all the time. And so I see this girl in a black dress walk by the door. And I was like, I, at first I was like, oh, yeah, it's just his sister. And then I was like, hey, uh, is your sister home? And he was like, no, she doesn't get home for another hour. And I was like, well, I think I just saw that ghost, buddy. And then he's like, what is she wearing? I said, black dress. And he's like, dude, that's her. Where'd she go? And I said, she went into the bathroom right there. We go in the bathroom. Window to the bathroom is open. Wasn't open when we first went upstairs. And he's he's claiming he's seen it a bunch of times after that. I talked to his mom a couple of years after like I saw it. She said she had ghost investigators come to the house. Everyone went out of the house for the weekend, and they just took pictures there. And she said that she, like all the pictures were super scary, but for some reason they still live in the damn house. <laughs> super scary. Now what? Now come we can't gloss over this. Super scary pictures. What's that? So they have like this big ass mirror in like the front room. They set it up so that when they're taking these like timed pictures, uh-huh, it's uh-huh. taking a picture of the room with the mirror, but you can't see the reflection of the camera in the frame. You know what I mean? Okay. So all these pictures have this creepy outline of like this one, one was like a chick and then one's like a skeleton outline. A skeleton. Yeah. And so I asked her if I could come see him. Said that she's the pictures. At, yeah. Then she's like, Oh, I would have to talk to <laughs> Nick's dad, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to get through all that bullshit. So I never saw him. Okay. Well, but I don't think his mom's the type of lady to lie about something like that, you know? And then she told me even crazier story. She said she was like doing his sister's hair. They're getting ready to go out one night. She said all of a sudden she hears like a loud bang. Like someone just came, like kicked in the door downstairs. So they're like freaking out in the upstairs bathroom. They hear just like all this rumbling around, doors slamming downstairs. It's all happening downstairs in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, So she calls her neighbor who's got a key to the house. This guy comes over with like a fucking Colt 45. And two zigzags. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, hey, uh, what? I can't remember her fucking name. Yells up to Nick's mom, basically. And uh, she comes downstairs. He's like, look, I didn't do this, but this is just how your kitchen was when I came in. Literally every single cabinet, the refrigerator, like the back doors open. Everything's fucking wide open downstairs. Okay, now this is, again, stories you heard. You didn't experience this. Well, right? I mean, I, I'm saying this is the house where I saw the ghost. So, I, but again, you didn't see those doors I did, open. I didn't see the doors open. No, I did not. Okay. All right. Okay. So, another ghost story. Possibly, maybe his sister was home. Maybe you didn't know. No, his sister was not home. Well, I'm going to say homeless people broke in. Yeah. Girl, girl in a black dress going out the window. That sounds like his sister trying to sneak out to me. Out of a second-story bathroom window? Hey, I've done more extreme things. Again. There's no roof class, under it, like in at our house, buddy. It seems more plausible than ghosts. I mean, I believe in ghosts, too, so I'm with Why you. would his sister sneak out of the window when no one's home besides us? That doesn't even make sense. And when she was still in school. Come on, guys. We're not refuting the story here. We're just trying to get the facts straight. You guys so, just don't want to believe. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Hashtag team believe. Bobby, got anything? So, 
I don't really believe in ghosts. I'd say the closest um, I've had any experience. Um, I was with a couple other people who happened to do believe in ghosts. We went up to uh, okay. ruins of an old plantation in Virginia called Rosewell. Um, great place to check it out, look for some ghosts. Apparently that's uh, all haunted up. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were going through these like cornfields that are surrounding it, and uh, it was really creepy and dark. They kept hearing stuff. I just thought it was cool to be there at night. But, okay. you know, um, honestly, I'm still in the skeptic corner. Had a good time. I didn't feel there were any ghosts around, but, you know, whatever. Okay, so that's almost similar to a story we've got in this outline. Um, but real quick, so, again, not a believer in ghosts. Now... I went to school at a military school, very old military school, uh, VMI, for those that don't know, maybe not from Virginia. So every student, you know, is required to stand on guard 24 hours a day, seven days a week when school is in session. So I pull guard duty and I'm in the fucking newest barracks built. Now, guard duty, you just have to stand there with a rifle. Uh, And my shift was from like 3 a.m., to 6 a.m. Is it loaded? No, it's not. doesn't even have a firing pin. So I'm staying there with a toy rifle, basically. <laughs> uh, and I'm fucking, you know, you're bored out of your mind. All I'm thinking is I want to get into my uh, bed. I want to sleep. I'm down there in the courtyard, and it's set up like a prison where <laughs> uh, you can kind of see all four levels from one central point where you stand guard. And so I'm in there with my rifle, just walking back and forth, you know. You got to stand in the middle of the courtyard for this? Well, you can walk (laughs) around. You can walk back and forth. Uh, But you basically have one path that you have to walk. So I'm standing up in the far corner. So I'm standing there. and Not getting laid. So I'm standing there. (laughs) It's about, I'd say, um, 4 a.m. And I look up, and I see... um, just white, like a guy in all white, uh, walking on the front side of the barracks. And he just walks and kind of goes out of my vision. And I, I kind of at first see it out the corner of my eye, and I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. Um, but I look up there to like see, hey, who the fuck is this? And nothing. Now, I will say, our uniforms in the summer were white, all white. But this was in the winter. So we would have been in wool pants, black shirts. No one's wearing white. And all the bathrobes people are allowed to wear walking from room to room, black. So no explanation of why someone is wearing all white at 3 a.m. But those third barracks that I was in, the newest ones, is where a member of the class of 2013 actually died. So I'm thinking... Maybe a ghost, but again, 4 a.m., dead tired, college student, mind playing tricks on me. Could have been something else. Wow. Now you see this figure wearing all white, and you just don't even do anything about it? Great great guard job there, buddy. Well, you can't leave your post. I have a radio. I can and your toy rifle. <laughs> yeah, I have a radio and a toy rifle. So let me explain this to you. I'm on the rat line, so I'm getting hazed on the daily by the older kids. Uh, so I can do one of two things. 
I can radio the guard room and tell them I just saw a ghost. (laughs) And (laughs) the two upperclassmen will probably come down and give me some fucking demerits or some bullshit. Or I can just sit there and go, yeah, wonder what that was. Probably my mind playing tricks on me. (laughs) Or you could chalk it up to you saw a ghost. Or... The third camp, maybe saw a ghost. Or it's 3 a.m. and you're just really tired and seeing stuff. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Unbelievable. (laughs) You guys sound like some haters on these ghosts. Okay. Now we'll see on this episode. Let's get to, real quickly, some types of hauntings. So according to WexfordParanormal.com, the four main types or categories of hauntings are residual hauntings, Now, this is essentially like uh, video replaying, Um, and these are triggered by multiple stimuli um, and are completely unaware of the observer. So this is like an alien when they see the other ship replaying the video, you know? It's like that. It's just like a video is replaying, Mm. and for some reason, it's it's, uh, you can see it in your realm, you know, your dimension, um, our plane of space-time. We can see that video. So they're pretty much trapped doing the same thing over and over again. Essentially, yes. Like if I was sitting here doing this podcast with you and in my head, I'm just seeing like an instant replay video. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure. Yeah, that's like a residual haunting. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So um, next up, we got intelligent hauntings. Mm. Um, Now this is where the presence or spirit entity is aware of its surroundings and can communicate with the observer. So this is like, you know, people, when a family member dies and they're like, they were reaching out to me, they were saying this, like they were doing stuff that only they would know. That's that type of haunting. A Ouija board. Uh, essentially, yes. All right, all right, all right. I'm trying to put this in layman's terms okay, for people yeah. like me. Yeah. Right. Uh, next up, we got shadowy figures. Now, these are generally observed in the viewer's peripheral vision. So this is kind of like what I'm, what I was seeing. And Rob. And again, well, I don't know if I would consider a guy in all white shadowy. <laughs> well, again, peripheral vision, uh, moving quickly, uh, jerky, fleeting movement. So again, this could be the mind playing tricks on you, or it could be the ghost of an Asian massage therapist, <laughs> <laughs> or that very jerky. Uh, now, next up, we got poltergeist. Inanimate objects, uh, moving, being thrown about, uh, noises, knocking, um, you know, stuff being disturbed. Does that not also kind of fall into the category of intelligent haunting? Well, it's a little different because with intelligent hauntings, they're reaching out to um, somebody who's observing them. They're not necessarily like throwing stuff around. Uh, so poltergeists are just like ghosts that are idiots. Well, you can't see them they're just poltergeists they just move stuff but you see the stuff they move but yeah yeah so they're just kind you of don't see um, them you just see their anger they're the johnny knoxville ghost they're pulling <laughs> pranks turning the water off on cold like you were saying okay now when it comes to amityville uh so we're gonna take you guys through you know the murders the hauntings and then kind of explain why that's all nonsense (laughs) so let's get into the house itself so out on long island new york in the town of amityville 112 ocean avenue lies the house in question 
Now, admittedly, I will say this. It just looks like a weird house. Uh, you know, it's got these weird windows, uh, and it's painted this, like, flat black color, which... Eh, I, again, I'm watching these documentaries with Lexi. I watch them with you guys, and I'm saying, have any of you guys seen a house just painted this flat black color? No, but I think it would be cool to have a house that's painted that color. Okay. Now, <laughs> can I just say, when I watch the movie and I'm looking at this picture, like, the side of this house looks like a skeleton. Okay, so you're obviously right off the bat thinking... Something supernatural, something paranormal. There's some bad juju here. Skeleton. Okay. Now, again. Taking a um, shower? These famous windows, this is from kind of the side of the house. I mean, the front of the house would probably be unrecognizable to most, but I'd say like most people, if they saw a picture of the side of this house, these windows, they would know, hey, that's Amityville. So let's get into um, the murders. Now, again. This isn't something we usually cover. Bit too macabre for our liking. Um, whole family murder. Uh, it's brutal stuff, guys. Brutal stuff. And so we're going to start off with these are the accepted facts. Um, this is basically how the police reports tell them um, official narrative sort of stuff. T-Bag, big official narrative guy. It's right up your alley. So November 13th, 1974, Ronald... Butch DeFeo Jr. Uh, went through the house and murdered all six of his family members. Amongst the murdered were Ronald DeFeo Sr., age 44, Luis DeFeo, age 42. Now, they were both shot twice. Uh, and his four siblings, Don, age 18, Allison, age 13, Mark, age 12, and John, age 9. They were all killed with a single shot to either the back or head. Now, all of the victims had been shot with a 35 caliber lever action Marlin 336C rifle at about 3 o'clock in the morning of that day. Uh, physical evidence suggests that Luis DeFeo and her daughter Allison were both awake at the time of their deaths. And according to Suffolk County Police, the victims were all found lying on their stomachs in bed. Now, that to me seems like a coincidence. What, all on their stomachs? All on their stomachs. You guys sleep on your stomachs at all? Oh, I try not to. I can't to. stop. Yeah. Can't uh, stop. Hey, the two guys who are skeptical of ghosts and God sleep on their stomach, dude. Dude, I can't I'm do saying it. I can't I've do it. tried it's to bad train. For your back. Yeah, it's yeah. very bad for your back and neck. I've had problems my whole life. I've tried to train myself to sleep on my back. Thing is, I can only take naps on my back. I can't uh, mm. sleep a night's. A night's uh, slumber on my back just interesting well, you I just mean, lay on your back and you fall asleep hey it's hard man usually i end up just staring at the ceiling but i think i'm an insomniac anyways but that's all different episode now different story for a different time november 21st 1975 butch defeo was found guilty on six counts of second degree murder and judge thomas stark sentenced defeo to six concurrent sentences of 25 to life now before we get into the hauntings, there <laughs> is a ton of fuckery with these murders. Um, now, we're going to get into this uh, for some classic conspiracy-type content that goes against the official narrative. So, all six victims, as we said, were found lying face down on their stomachs in beds. No signs of a struggle. Now, Mark DeFeo, who I believe was... Um, 
age 12. This guy was in a wheelchair. And uh, he got shot? Now, now <laughs> he's in a wheelchair, shot in his bed, found on his stomach. But the thing about it is he had like something with his hips to where if he was laying on his stomach, he would have been in excruciating pain. Like mm-hmm. he always slept on his back. Right, right. So it's weird that they found him on his stomach. Police investigation concluded that the rifle had not been fitted with a sound suppressor and found no evidence of sedatives having been administered amongst any of the family members. Now, neighbors did not report hearing any gunshots being fired, and those who were awake at the time of the murder simply reported hearing the family's dog, Shaggy, barking. And you know what he said? What did he say? It wasn't me. (laughs) Now... Um, just for you skeptics out there, <clears throat> admittedly, some fuckery going on here, right? Uh, nobody reports a gunshot. Now, this Marlin lever action, um, let's take a look at this. I pulled a YouTube clip. Now, keep in mind, this is outside. There's a gentleman firing a Marlin lever action rifle outside. So, that's pretty damn loud. <laughs> what are we thinking there? I mean, right off the bat, uh, no neighbors report hearing this gunshot. There was eight shots. Right, and then when we were watching that documentary earlier, there's some houses that are pretty close. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other there. neighbors, ha- like, you could throw a rock off the uh, balcony and hit the houses on either side mm-hmm. of them. Not to mention it. I mean, it takes a second or two to reload there, so are people just going to be laying on their backs waiting for the next one? Exactly. Now, again, you can kind of say, like, for the kids, I mean, you know, age 12, age 13, age 9, I mean, all of them maybe except Dawn, uh, they're fucking kids. So, you know, maybe they were just so scared that they, like, what do you do when you're scared and you're a kid? You kind of just stay in your bed. Uh, you pull the covers over your head. No one hear that fucking gunshot go off eight times. So, an eight-year-old Rob, what would he have done? <sighs> fucking hide in the closet or something. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Maybe they could have tried to hide, but we don't see that in this case. And no neighbors reporting any of the sounds. Eight shots at 3 a.m. Hey, man. You're freaking uh, three in the morning. You might be asleep. You might not have heard those gunshots go off, you know? Now, you're in that deep asleep. I've had some of these fuckheads upstairs wake me up just walking around at 3 a.m. Hey, maybe they were walking around. Maybe they're not fucking connected with the freaking mob. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Now, just as Rob just said, some speculate that the reason the neighbors didn't hear anything was because they feared it was a mob hit. And, you know, they are not going to get caught up in all this shit. Now, most of the neighbors in, like, newspaper clippings, police reports, um, they describe the DeFeo family as keeping to themselves and a tight-knit family. Is this the lady in the coat? Yep. We got your ass it is. We got a clip of one of the neighbors right here. I figure, I think they were just very sweet, very religious people, very family-minded people. That's about all I could say. Very good, very generous, this type. I mean, very close with their children. What's so, with that music in the background? Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's from a murder documentary, so. So, you know. <laughs> solve a murder. They're saying, hey, pretty tight-knit family, uh, pretty good family. Uh, however, some say the DeFeo family was not well-liked in the neighborhood. Uh, these were basically like the Sopranos of the neighborhood. <laughs> that is not even an exaggeration. Now, I mean, you think this family is connected to the mob. You think this is a mob hit. Of course you're going to say, oh, yeah, great family, <laughs> love them. Uh, you know, they were a great family, very religious, uh, very respectable family. Nothing to see here. Yeah, nothing to see here. Keep moving along. They just, they're, they're, t- they're afraid they're going to get freaking whacked off over here. No one's afraid of ever getting whacked off, buddy. <laughs> now, you know, you talk bad about the DeFeos. They just killed this whole family. You're they're getting gonna, whacked off. Yeah, you're getting whacked <laughs> off. Uh, hey, I heard you talking about Big Ronnie over here. You want me to whack you off or what? <laughs> hey, you say that the Fails were not a good family? Hey, well, you, not- don't, you don't think they were religious enough? <laughs> hey, coming from your you family. trying to get whacked off over here? So, you know, maybe that's the reason why we get all the um, high praise from the neighbors. Maybe not. Um, it is reported by um, the lead investigator on this case. So... They hear the news. They call um, Rocco DeFeo. Great name. Uh, now, this was the father, Big Ron, as he was known. Um, this was his father. So it was Butch's grandfather. Um, now, he calls Big Ron's uncle, Peter DeFeo, who was a known capo in the Genovese crime family. So I believe a capo is essentially like the number three guy. So there's like the boss, there's someone else, and then there's like the capos that are in charge of all of the units, you know? Um, so he was a made member of the Genovese crime family, which is one of the five families that dominated organized crime in New York City and New Jersey, uh, you know, part of La Costa Nostra, uh, the mafia, and the Genovese crime family... They're rivaled in size by only the Gambino crime family and are unmatched in terms of power. So you've got uh, Big Ron's uncle, uh, Butch's great uncle. He's a fucking capo in the Genovese crime family. And as soon as Butch's grandfather gets there, he makes a call to... Peter DeFeo, this capo. Now, this has raised speculation. Some say this is like... A lot of people think it was like a mob tie-in, so they're like, hey, he's calling the mob to figure out, like, hey, did you put a head out on my fucking family over here? Like, <laughs> you know, he's trying to figure out, hey, like, should we, uh, like, what do we do here? What's our game plan? You know? Yeah. And this is not an exaggeration. This is not a joke over here. And um, other people speculate, you know, if it wasn't a mob hit, of course, like, uh hey, why didn't he call his wife? Why didn't he call his family and say, you know, hey, my son's been fucking murdered by my grand, my grandson, murdered my whole fucking family. <laughs> but no, he calls his brother and says, hey. Hey, you put a freaking head out on Ron or what? put a freaking head out on this guy's or what? Uh, <laughs> you know? Put a head out on this guy's fucking kids? Now, again, playing devil's advocate here, I'm thinking maybe... If we're not getting caught up in the mob conspiracy, maybe um, he was like, you know, you've got a fucking brother who's a made man in the mob. 
your whole family gets murdered. Of course, you're going to call him and be like, hey, we need some fucking guys over here because we got to retaliate, you know? So I'm going to just throw a devil's advocate. Um, saying it was a mob hit, how did the one guy escape? Well, that plays into the fuckery. Now They threw him under the freaking bus. He took the rap for the whole fucking thing. But he ain't going to let this guy walk around. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> guys, it's no secret for those of you that are familiar with the story. Butch DeFeo was a known drug addict. And, you know, once yeah, the, this guy was doing, uh, I think, like heroin and LSD. Maybe some mescaline on the daily. There. Well, his name is Butch, so. And he lives in New York. <laughs> but in his attempt to plea insanity for the murders, his idea was coming up with about. 20 different ideas of what really happened that fateful November night. So, you know, every time the police are talking to him, hey, yeah, I fucking did it. Yeah, I killed all six of my family. What are you going to do about it? Next time they talk to him, oh, it wasn't just me. It was Dawn. Dawn fucking did it, and then I had to kill her, you know? No, I didn't do it. You want to fight about it? I can't just let this guy walk around like he didn't do nothing, like he's going to get away with it, huh? Uh, So not only did he once claim that he did commit all the murders he also claimed that it was a mob hit and then he also even you know confessed to being possessed by some sort of dick devil and you know it's a problem that only eight percent of kids have dick devil could we get a definition on that (laughs) (laughs) guys i'm kidding i'm kidding but he did say that uh something in the house possessed him and you know that's where we kind of get all these uh bullshit stories for you know what would end up being the movie the book demonic possession blah 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 these were essentially the seeds of the whole demonic possession right and it's all some bullshit that this fucking ronnie jr over here is spewing out to the freaking media so he can get an insanity plea okay um but in all seriousness i watched a terribly done a and e documentary on this sick bastard and the last claim that he says on video is that his sister Dawn, you know, she actually planned this shit out and attempt to kill their dad and leave town with her drug dealer boyfriend, you know, classic, classic. teenage dream, <laughs> uh, running off with the drug dealer. But Butch was like, hey, you know, uh, fuck dad. Yeah, let's freaking kill him. He says they go in. He shoots the dad. The mom wakes up. And then she freaks out and shoots the mom. Now, that's his story that he's sticking to now, present day. Uh, Then allegedly has to go take care of some business over in Brooklyn. So, you know, he's uh, dealing with some drugs or whatever. Now, this is my thing. So you plan out to murder your parents. Oh, shit. I got to go take care of this freaking money. (laughs) Uh, Forget about it. I should have done this first. (laughs) It's like, uh, hey, so I uh, hey, uh, go ahead and take care of these bodies. I gotta go drop off some money to hey, some I guys. Yeah, I gotta go drop off this money at three a.m. Uh, I just killed mom and dad, uh, but I gotta go drop off this envelope. I'll uh, be right back, okay? I'll help you carry I'll the be bodies. Right back. Nonetheless, uh, comes home to find that all of his brothers and sisters are dead in their beds, thanks oh, to Dawn. How convenient! And <laughs> none other than her drug dealer boyfriend. Very convenient for Ronald Jr. So he thinks that they're plotting against him. She puts the rifle in his face. He ends up wrestling it free from her. And then, you know, I had no choice but to freaking blow her brains out, you know? Or it was an accident. Hey, the gun gun just freaking went off in my hand. You know, what am I going to do? 
Now, in my opinion, this is honestly the most believable of his dog shit alibis for that night because all these other stories just seem like, you know, the mob hit, that's just like an easy out. Like, oh, hey, it wasn't me. It was a mob hit. Oh, yeah. They just decided not to kill you, though. They, oh, just. Well, they had kill- to find someone to pin it on. Hey, we're not going down the freaking basement and killing this guy. He gets to live. But it is concerning to know that Don is the only victim whose body seemed to have been moved after the time of death and had gunshot residue on her hands, indicating that she indeed may have been a second shooter in this uh, little situation we got over here. But hey, what do I freaking know? Gunshot residue on her hands? Hands? Arms? Now, I heard it was on her nightgown. Hey, it could be everywhere, you know? <laughs> she was shooting a lot of rounds off, you know? Okay. Oh. So it's all, um, it's all over her night. She's getting whacked off. <laughs> her boyfriend just came over. She got it all over her nightgown. <laughs> but here's what we do know. All right. So in most versions of his story, um, DeFeo has claimed responsibility for the m- murder of his mother and father, but often has blamed Don for the killing of the children. You know, a lot of people have looked into this over the years and most investigators find it seemingly impossible that six people were shot to death without, you know, as we previously said, no one wakes up from that, you know, loud ass rifle going off. So the one thing like mo, well, the one thing I guess like, uh, that's consistent with this fucking maniac, um, butch is that, well, he has like a bunch of different stories. A lot of his stories are that Don had some part in it. You know, not only did she have some part in it, a lot of investigators, you know, kind of speculate that she, in fact, was the second shooter. Okay. So even though, you know, his story started out with, oh, it was a mob hit. Oh, it was all me. That I feel like that was all kind of bullshit just to throw them kind of off of his scent. His scent. Okay. Now, is there any um, evidence of two shooters because that's not in the official reports at all right uh it's not but i think you know going back through the stuff that i've read uh the videos i've watched is kind of the fact that not only were six people murdered with that loud ass gun as we said but you know they did find the gunshot residue on don's nightgown as we said so hey who knows but I think some say that like that residue could just be from the proximity she was to the muzzle. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that she fired the gun. True. Um, I did find that um, r- I'm not sure how long after the initial case was closed, they did find another uh, rifle in the canal behind the house. But just due to how long it had been there, didn't they couldn't find any definitive fingerprints on it or any ammunition in it and now i mean this was same rifle same caliber uh it was a similar rifle i don't think it was the same caliber but at the same time i'm not sure that they did do ballistics tests on all the bodies and stuff i think they kind of just were like oh well case closed this guy fucking said he did it so he did it okay because i think back in the day you know they just wanted like open and closed cases and he confessed to it so they're like I don't think they really further investigated after that. I think they're just kind of like, oh, it's a fucking rap. This guy admitted to it. Okay, okay. But uh, 
you know, don't quote me on that. But, you know, back to what we were saying before, Dawn seems to have been killed somewhere other than her bed and then placed there shortly after. Uh, crime scene investigators discovered that Dawn had suffered a head trauma and that brain matter and blood was on her pillow, bedclothes, and nightgown. Yet her white headboard just inches from her head was pristine with a lack of blood splatter that would strongly indicate that she had been shot somewhere else. Yes. Now, I actually did look up this picture, and that is true. That shit is pretty gruesome. Yes, very gruesome. You know, freaking kids getting shot in the back. Uh, Some investigators have speculated the unburnt gunshot residue found on Dawn's body indicate that she handled a firearm or ammunition, although the prosecution expert at the trial thought this could have occurred as a result of the muzzle flash when she was shot, like you said. Just like what I was saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Rick Moran, amongst the first group of reporters at the scene that night, the bodies were discovered, uh, has been on the case for more than 30 years, and he is sure that Don was involved in some way. He cites one of Butch DeFeo's strangest claims amongst his many conflicting statements as evidence. DeFeo has said several times on the night of the shootings that he was watching TV. Yes, he was watching Castle Keep down in the basement, which... uh if you haven't seen that, now I'm surprised I hadn't seen this as a young kid. I was obsessed with World War II, and this is like a World War II movie where they kind of this like company takes refuge in this old castle. It's a drama. Um, check it out. It's a very fucking cool movie. So you know he's down in the basement watching TV in a drug-induced haze. So he's got he's pumped full of acid, uh, pumped full of heroin, watching Castle Keep. And uh, a black hooded figure comes to him, hands him a rifle, and is like, hey, let's go kill mom and dad. So Moran suggests this figure could have been Don. According to the reporter, Don was often spotted by neighbors wearing a black coat in that style, which may have led a heavily drugged out of his mind Butch to mistake this hooded figure. Although, you know, highly anecdotal, Moran says one of his contacts at the DEA backs up the story he even said the dea had the house under surveillance the night of the murders so they're so they got a DEA agent at the house yeah because they're they're on to butch they think that he's smuggling drugs in the speedboat out back of the house and this dea agent supposedly observed don in a black coat leaving the house with a rifle getting into a car and driving off so he didn't feel the need to like call that in maybe (laughs) so look at this guy's on guard if bmi doesn't call when he sees a ghost dude i'm not okay i'm not gonna call when i see a ghost again this dea agent he's fucking hey you know it's three in the morning maybe he uh maybe he's just tired and uh, he's just seeing stuff maybe this black hooded person with a rifle just wants to walk around after six gunshots you know (laughs) or maybe he doesn't want to blow his cover yeah, but I'm just saying, man, DEA agent camped out all night, and you hear eight fucking gunshots ring out in this house and don't even budge on it, don't even call someone else in <laughs> I, yeah, I see him just sitting back saying, well, let's just see how this plays out. <laughs> let's see who comes out of there, if <laughs> anyone. <laughs> Not my jurisdiction, guys. <laughs> it's got to be a murder-suicide. So, so this alleged DEA agent, he sees her leave the house um, and drives where the firearm was found. Now, where was the uh, firearm found? Do we have a reading on that? Uh, the only thing I saw is that 
it was ditched in a gutter near the house. So, so it was maybe far she just from the house. It was not near the house. If he saw her driving off in a direction, yeah, maybe she down. drives off, throws it in the fucking gutter right outside the house, but out of sight of this DEA agent. Hey, we don't know where he's posted up. You know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, All plus right. I feel like they kind of lived on the corner there, so maybe it was like you know she drove right around the corner and just ditched it there like a dumbass. Okay, so there's a ton of fuckery going on with the word murders, and there's even more sh- shit. Like uh, Ronnie said, he was married, uh, and like I think his wife plays a big role. <laughs> Ron, stop the uh, whole mob ties. I mean, there's way more. Um, that you can read into on all this because, as we said before, there's a fuckload of content on all this stuff. But, you know, that's the main fuckery. I think the two biggest things from that is, like, the way that the murders sort of don't match up with the official reports. Um, all of them are found face down. You know, no um, nobody's waking up. Um, no neighbors are hearing the shots. You know, that's a little fishy. Um, and then all the stuff after the murders. Um, well, I mean, I think we kind of covered it, though. I think it does make sense now. If you think about the facts, you know, people probably did hear it. They just didn't want to say shit because they thought it was definitely tied to the mob. Yeah. And another thing I saw that was, like, uh, very odd was, um, so when Rocco got there, um, so, you know, Butch's grandfather, Rocco, he's there. And also... Um, it's his modern life. Louise, um, her dad also comes and like, as soon as they come, because like the police right off the bat suspected it was a mob hit and they were like, Hey, we got to get Ronald jr. To safety. Like they killed all six of his family members. Like maybe they're coming after him next. And as soon as, um, Louise's, um, dad gets there, Michael, uh, Brigante, this is when Ron starts being sort of uncooperative with cops. And apparently um, Michael's talking to Butch and Rocco's like, hey, shut up, shut up. Like he tells him twice to shut up and he says this is family business. And family business, the fa- their family or the family? Probably not waste management and sanitation. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, family business, La Costa Nostra. Um, you know, this is fucking mafia shit going on. And, you know, maybe there's an aspect that we will probably never know. Now, this is, I think, you know, a lot of fuckery with the murders, but those are the so two, you, like, you're biggest saying things. maybe they just said, hey, Ron, you going to cop to this or we're fucking killing you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shit. There's even stuff that says, like, he had, um, he was engaging in incest with Dawn. And then, like, um, when the whole murders went down, the grandfather was like, hey, Butch, you're going to fucking own up to this. You were not soiling the family name over here. And, I mean, there's a ton of fucking info. I heard about that, and I chose not to include it. Exactly. There's just a ton of information on this. So, do we know who actually called in the police? Like, was it. Ron himself or someone else? Uh, How did they find out? Yeah, it was... um, So, Ron apparently... 
Went to the went, local bar. Yeah, he went to the local bar and was saying like, "Hey, like, there's something wrong with my family and something wrong. They're all <laughs> killed them all, face down in their beds." Well, I don't know if that's what he actually said, but he said, "There's like, something wrong. Like, everyone in my house has a bullet hole in their back. And hey guys, and bloody in their bed. It's hey the guys, my thing. family, my family. I mean, think about it. This guy's probably on heroin and LSD. Who the fuck knows what he said? He goes in this bar uh, and like him and a bunch of friends kind of pile into this truck, drive down, and then the f- like, it was like one of his friends was like, hey, we we need to call the fucking cops. And they called um, Rocco, uh, who came. I think they called Rocco first, his grandfather, who came. Because, I mean, in that situation, what the fuck are you going to do, you know? So now, let's get to the haunting. Again, right off the bat, let's get to the facts. So Kathy and George Lutz and Kathy's three kids move into the house about a year after. This really happened. Yes. This is what the premise of the movie is. Yep. Okay. Now, this is, I mean, straight up, a year after. Like, everyone in the neighborhood knew, hey, six people were murdered in this house. They got whacked It's up on the market. Who wants to move in? 80K, apparently, I think is what they bought it for. That's like 375K (laughs) nowadays. Um, Deal of a lifetime. They move into this house. Now, there is some, like, fuckery with Hollywood and the actual hauntings. Um, Like, in the remake with Ryan Reynolds, they, like, don't know the people were murdered there. Like, they knew that the people were murdered there. Everybody knew that people were murdered there. They bought the house anyway, said, fuck it, we can deal with this. Uh, now, do they know they were murdered, or do they just know that a death happened? In the no, house? they were. They knew that they were murdered. Hey, for 80K, you knew what happened. <laughs> yeah. So they get the house. And now this is straight from the book. Uh, some of the experiences, uh, like apparently they start start fucking having shit happen day one. And they were only there for 28 days. Some of the experiences of the Lutz family at the house are described in the book, um, which was written in 77. And they are as follows. So, um... George, he would apparently wake up around 3.15 every morning and would go check out the boathouse. Now, later he would learn that this was the estimated time of the DeFeo killings. Now, three isn't like three, like the witching hour or whatever. See, I've had yeah. some bad juju experiences waking up at three in the morning. Oh, now what? Did you want to share any? Nothing no, exciting. Ghost cat. No, nothing exciting. Actually, that was around three. <coughs> But recently, man, I think I'm an insomniac like you. I've been waking up at three, dude. Can't go back to sleep. Okay. Um, The house itself was plagued by swarms of flies despite the winter weather. Um, Kathy had vivid nightmares about the murders, um, and she eventually discovered the order in which they took place and the rooms in which they took place. Uh, The Lutz children also began sleeping on their stomachs, same way the bodies were found. Kathy would feel a sensation as if, quote-unquote, being embraced in a loving manner by an unseen force. Now, is this where we got that whole pun for the quiplash game? (laughs) No, I think this is um, Patrick Swayze was in the house. (laughs) (laughs) And he's trying to bang the mom. Uh, George also discovered a small hidden room um, behind shelving in the basement. Uh, The walls were painted red. This became known as the Red Room. And this had an effect on the dog, Harry, who refused to go near it. 
Uh, there were cold spots and disgusting odors in areas of the house where no wind drafts or piping would explain the source. George and Kathy saw the image of a demon while tending their fire um, with half his head blown out. Uh, and this was burned into the soot in the back of the fireplace. Um, their five-year-old daughter, Missy, developed an imaginary friend named Jody, a demonic pig-like creature with glowing red eyes. So <laughs> That's why you never want kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the early morning hours of Christmas Day, 1975... Uh, George looked up at the house after checking out the boathouse. He saw Jody standing behind Missy at her bedroom window. Uh, when he ran up, he found uh, Missy fast asleep, and her small rocking chair was gently rocking back and forth. Uh, George would wake up to the sound of the front door <laughs> slamming, and he would run down, and you know there was nothing, and nobody else heard the door. Uh, George would hear what is described as a marching band tuning up um, or what sounded like a clock radio. Hey, I got you present. It's clock radio. <laughs> clock radio uh, playing not quite on frequency. And when he went downstairs to check it out, the noise would stop. Now, this one I think is a little, a little far. Uh, George says that he bore a strong resemblance to Ronald DeFeo Jr., and he even began drinking at the Witch's Brew, which is the bar where DeFeo was a regular customer. See, this is a, I think you just cleared this up for me because when I was watching the movie, in my head, I thought they were the same guy. So this dude, Merckx's family, comes back a year later married, but clearly I'm wrong. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. Definitely wrong. Okay. Now, in the, mo- in the movies, yeah, they look the same, but in real life... I don't think George Lutz looked anything like Ronald DeFeo. Is that the Jed-looking guy? Yeah. I mean, maybe like the beard. That's about it. He had the beard, the camel jacket, (laughs) and the love of caves. And the love of LSD and heroin. (laughs) So also, one night when closing Missy's window, um, which Missy said Jody climbed out of, Kathy Lutz saw a red eyes glowing at her. So right in the face, this demon pig. Uh, While in bed... Kathy received red welts on her chest caused by an unseen force and was levitated two feet in the air. Yeah, they were probably caused by George. Pat, pat, pat. some of that witch's brew. Now, locks, doors, and windows in the house were damaged by poltergeists, I'm assuming. Cloven hoof prints attributed to an enormous pig appeared in the snow outside the house on January 1st, 1976. Happy New Year. A green gelatin-like slime oozed from the walls in the hall and also from the keyhole of the playroom door in the attic. Please. Yeah, I think uh, like a lot of explanations of this were the um, when they went to take fingerprints. The stuff they use for fingerprints, um, it made him sort of like a gelatin thing, like residue on the walls, um, sort of like a tribute to this green slime. A 12-inch crucifix hung in the living room by Kathy revolved until it was upside down and gave off a sour smell. Isn't that like a pretty famous like part in the movie, right? Yeah, that's a big... Um, Point in the movie, of course. Like anything with an upside down cross, that's money. Big old <laughs> wild bullshit. 
like not being a horror fan myself and not having watched it except for what we just saw um getting ready for the podcast like i still know that famous scene where it just like goes upside down on its own yeah i mean that's classic that's fucking entertainment right there (laughs) now apparently also george tripped over a four foot high china lion ornament in the living room and found bite marks on one of his ankles uh, later, this lion would reappear in the living room after George had moved it upstairs into the sewing room. Huh. So maybe George was on acid, too. Uh, George saw Kathy transform into an old woman of 90, the face a mass of wrinkles and ugly lines, and saliva dripping from the toothless mouth. That's mm. his wife he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, maybe he was just into some granny porn. Now, one... On one occasion, Kathy heard what sounded like a window being opened and closed through the sewing room door, even though she was sure no one was in there. Now this... Well, that's a mystery. Again, we can contribute to apparently like one of the windows uh, where they said would go up and down. It was like the counterweights in the window were like off. So you could like step on this board and the window would just shoot up and down. There's a video of the guy doing it actually pretty crazy. Like when the kid gets his hand slammed in the window. Yep. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, with any haunting, anything sort of like this, there's going to be money involved. So the book was written in 77 and numerous films have followed. Um, the Amityville Horror was the first one in 79. Um, this was directed by Stuart Rosenberg, who also did Cool Hand Luke and The Drowning Pool. Of the 22 films about the DeFeo house, this is probably the most iconic and most financially successful. Uh, now, following this film in 82, there was Amityville 2, The Possession. Um, new director, new cast. Uh, this was basically an unsuccessful follow-up. Although it did gross almost $13 million at the box office. Now, this one also has like a weird incest scene. Because I looked, guys. <laughs> I looked. And there is no pornographic film parodies of the Amityville Horror. Mm. Copyright, trademark. Yep, so. Kind of hard to bring in the murder of children <laughs> into a porno. Hey, I think stranger pornos have been made. Stranger things? Hey, we're already talking about people getting whacked off in this house. This plot basically writes itself. The whole house is getting whacked off. Now, every other film after was either a flop, a B-rate, or a straight-to-TV movie. <laughs> now, we've got Amityville 3, The Demon in 1983. Now, this is actually a 3D movie. That's something you don't want to fuck with. <laughs> uh, Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. This was in 89. The Amityville Curse in 1990. Amityville, It's About Time in 92. <laughs> Amityville, A New Generation in 93. Now, is that a, is that a uh, Star Trek joke right there? No, at this point, they just sound like Limp Bizkit albums. Oh. <laughs> it's About Time, A New Generation. 96, we get Amityville Dollhouse. Um, the Amityville Haunting in 2011. Amityville Asylum. That's not a porno. In 2013. Oh, the Playhouse. That's the one. Amityville Death House in 2015. Amityville Playhouse in 2015. Two Amityville House movies in the same year. Yep. Beating that horse. Uh, Amityville No Escape in 2016. Amityville The Awakening 
in 2017 and Amityville, the Amityville Murders in 2018. They just won't stop. Now, probably one of the better ones, but arguably one of the worst ones, Amityville Horror uh, was revamped in 2005. Now, this was directed by Andrew Douglas, uh, stars Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> now, look at his body. That's your line. Not an ounce of fat on it. Hey, you know, I'm no friggin' Ebert and Rope over here, but uh, I think this one's better than the original. Okay. Now, so Rob is in the camp that this 2005 remake is better than the original. Now, I do remember when this came out because I remember the whole reason I found out about Amityville was from my eighth grade earth science teacher, uh, Miss Chapman. Mm. Shout out to her. Uh, she like told our, our class the entire story <laughs> of this, and uh, I thought I was like, "Holy fuck, I gotta go see this." Rob, he's over eighteen. I get him to take me to the rated R flick, um, and scared the fucking piss out of me. <laughs> now, of course, we get Ryan Reynolds in there. He's shirtless every chance he gets, chopping a lot of wood. I'll tell you that. I just think that it's funny that even though all of you know a majority. So we'll say there's three successful Amityville movies out of 25. And there are three, not one, not two, but three upcoming movie projects that have been announced in the next two or three years based on the Amityville story or the house itself. Now, so these are like, these could be documentaries because all the ones we just hit on, those aren't even including the documentaries. Uh, No, these are... All uh, actual like movies, not just docs. So I'm going to pose a question then uh, for y'all. I mean, obviously they're beating Dead Horse because it works, but why are people still talking about this, you know, 30, 40 years after this thing happened? Well, as we know, people love unsolved mysteries. People love unsolved mysteries. People love true crime and people love ghosts. I'm Let's- just saying, though, you could... Given the fact that so many of these movies that are unsuccessful, even the one that just came out in 2017 was a fucking flop with freaking Bella Thorne in it. Hey, maybe they're Mm. thinking, hey, maybe one of them will be a hit. (laughs) Boom, they're just churning them out, hoping for that hit. So, you know, talked about the Hollywood aspect, talked about the hauntings, talked about the murders. Now let's get into the legitimacy of all of this all of the bullshit claims and the failed corroborations and why the entire Amityville could be seen as one big hoax. Now, one thing to keep in mind um, when we get to this. So 1973, The Exorcist premieres. Uh, now, with a budget of $12 million, this pulled in $443 million at the box office. So this is kind of the birth of the whole, you know, demonic spiritual forces, um, all that sort of uh, stuff. You know, this is now mainstream. I mean, yeah, there were definitely movies and even books about ghosts and demons before The Exorcist. But what The Exorcist did was it basically said, hey, there's a shitload of money to be made on this, and especially if the story is true. Now, here's my spiel. Exorcist, probably the scariest movie I've ever seen. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, that's, and, and that's true Fuck for man. a lot of people. Right, right, right. Like, that's the one thing that scares me is this demonic possession stuff. Yeah. Now, we're talking about beating a dead horse. I thought 
I mean, the original Exorcist film was great because it was so terrifying. Uh-huh. I would say a true horror movie because it wasn't like blood and gore kind of shit. It was like genuinely scary. This first Amityville, pretty thrilling. I mean, yeah, pretty good for its time. But then you see all these just catastrophes after. Same with The Exorcist. I don't know if yeah. you ever saw any of the other ones, but they made me laugh. Well, the beginning one... <laughs> they did. Yeah, I mean, most of them were pretty bad. Yeah. And, I mean, they're still probably making shit. I mean, they just came oh. out with the show. They yeah. got a show so, now. There's all sorts of Exorcist um, movies. Yeah, I mean, what The Exorcist did was it sort of put this whole demonic, um, you know, devil worshiping, um, demons are possessing people like exorcism of Emily Rose, exorcism of Molly Ringwald, any fucking, <laughs> you know, any like exorcism movie, you can fucking chalk that up to getting influenced from the exorcist in 73. And what this film did was kind of put that shit into the American lexicon. Now you have this giant mainstream movie it's a fucking huge money maker i mean it's like the highest rated r movie at the time so of course these murders happen in this house someone comes along with the idea that hey maybe the house is haunted and we get this whole fucking perfect storm as you will of murders coupled with hauntings demonic possession all that jazz so eventually the truth comes out and it's no secret that uh, the Lutzes sold their story to Jay Anson. Um, this guy was a writer and he apparently didn't even bother to show up and look at the house, but instead went on to write the book based on 45 hours of tape stories sent to him by the Lutzes. Jesus Christ. Now, uh, apparently, like where these stories come from is the Lutzes, like after they kind of moved out after all this, they approached uh, this guy, William Weber, who was Butch's original defense lawyer. And he like showed them pictures from the crime scene. He showed them all this stuff that they would not have got their hands on otherwise. And they apparently had several glasses of wine in order to make up a lot of the stuff we hit on in the bullet points of the haunting uh, because he was originally going to write a book on it and he wanted to get this insanity plea, um, maybe even get a new case for Ron Jr. But I think it was like he presented them with a contract for this book and like 5% of the money would go to uh, Jr. And they were like, uh, no, no, we're not comfortable with this. Like, no, thank you. Um, so they kind of declined his offer. And then, hey, they went with this guy, Jay Anson. They were like, hey, we don't have to share a percentage with anyone. We can take this story and get rake in all the profits for ourselves. They realized this was fucking big money. Um, like also they had that the priest come bless the house. This is like a big time famous scene in the movie uh, with all the flies. Get out. Uh, you know. He allegedly heard a voice say, get out, felt a slap on his face. Um, he had stigmata-like blisters. A little slap and tickle. <laughs> yeah. Turns out uh, this guy, Father Pecorino, Pecoraro. Father Pecker. Father Pecker, we'll call him. Um, He's a scam, too. No, apparently he wasn't in on the scam, but claimed in a sworn affidavit that he never went to the house. Yeah, so he's a, he is a scam. But only spoke to the Lutzes over the phone. 
the coup de gras. We hit on it just now. Uh, this guy, William Weber, Butch's defense lawyer, he comes forward, says that they made up this entire story over, quote unquote, several bottles of wine. Uh, now, this is where the taped content came from that spawned the whole haunting, uh, demonic... 45 hours worth. Possession aspect. Hey. Now, well, see, that I think that was just the initial. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, 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 there was this. Like, he showed them the crime scene oh. photos, so they were like, oh. It's like when we get drunk and sit yeah. down and say, this sounds like a great idea. Oh, yeah, right, exactly right. like <laughs> that. So then they come up with this 45 hours of taping from this initial session. Um, he intended to use the haunting claims to get a new trial for Butch. How exactly was the uh, ghost angle going to help? <laughs> well, because I guess... Insanity play. Yeah. So now they're saying, like, okay, Butch is now possibly... This house is haunted. Oh, um, okay. The house is haunted. He's actually insane. Yeah. Demons are <laughs> fucking haunting him. Uh, it guys, just, come on. These it people. Just plays it. I mean, also, you got to think this guy is a fucking um, New York defense lawyer who's assigned by the state. Maybe not the brightest guy. <laughs> Thinks this is going to be his Maybe, big break. Yeah, trying to get a book published. The classic ghost defense. Yeah. <laughs> this is all he's got. Guys, we have one claim that there is a ghost in this house, so obviously my client's insane. That's yeah. like page one in the community college lawyer book. Ghost. Aliens. Now, like we <laughs> said, they take their story to this other guy to publish the book. Um, the defense lawyer, he ended up suing the Lutz Anson Group, which is the company that the Lutz has formed with the co-author to um, publish the book for essentially stealing ideas. Um, he sued them for $60 million, but settled out of court for <laughs> $2,500. Got pretty close. Not the greatest. <laughs> so again, this guy's probably just trying to make a buck. Not the greatest negotiator right there. Uh, everyone involved in this story is just trying to make a buck. Buddy. Yeah, and he also said that he received a total of fifteen k for his services in connection with the book and the movie, and it was during these trials that the Lutzes admitted that virtually everything in the Amityville Horror was pretty much fiction. However, after these trials, I mean, the Lutzes did kind of stick with their initial story till the day they died. They said, like, you know, most of it's true. Take it with a grain of salt. Now, today, the house is 108-ish Ocean Avenue. Where we used to sit and talk with you. <laughs> And according to Zillow, the last time the house went up for sale was 2017, uh, selling for 605k. Jerry O'Neill, the owner of Coldwell Banker Harbor Light, the realty firm that manages the property, hell of a name. He told the Washington Post that the house has been owned by four different families in the decades since the murders, one of which asked the address be changed, and that none of these owners have reported experiencing anything paranormal while in the residence. Here's my whole thing. So here's your whole spiel. Let's get back to the murders for a minute. The murder. Butch. Let's say Butch did murder his whole family. Now, does he get the house? I don't think you give a murderer the house. So how does that work? Does the house just go into like, I uh, think there's like a law that if you like, 
say for example you take out a uh, life insurance and then you kill that person you you don't get that yeah obviously. you don't get anything that you benefit from so he wouldn't so does the house just go to like the city or something yeah i think the house it said that the house just went up for sale after he got put in jail lawyer rob so but I'm I mean, who's sure getting who that money? money? I guess like the bank just... that they did the mortgage with okay, that would default. So. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe, that makes yeah, sense. Maybe whoever's selling the house gets a cut of that. Okay, I get that. All right, that makes sense. Maybe old fucking Rocco gets a little cut of you. Um, what's our consensus here? What's our consensus on ghosts um, in regards to this case? And what's our personal beliefs in regards to this case? What are we thinking is going on here? I absolutely think some fuckery, you just told us, some fuckery is going on here. Because I'm watching this movie last night thinking, oh shit, this might have really happened. And now you're telling me virtually everything is pure fiction. The murder, sure, I can buy into that. Yeah, but you think it was Butch all by himself? No one heard the shots? Like you're standing by the official story? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll buy into that. Okay. But clearly everything that happened after. The hauntings? Fucking joke. Nothing. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, Bob, what are you thinking? Uh, personally, I'm kind of leaning toward the, uh, Don and the brother. Where, okay. Uh, did it. So you think um, possible double? Yeah. Uh, I double. mean, there's a lot of, uh, unexplained stuff. Um, that doesn't mean that anything inexplicable happened. It just means we haven't yeah. figured out exactly like, okay, why, happened. why is everyone just laying face down and taking it? And, yeah. uh, yeah. Seeing that movie. Well, let me get back to something then. We're talking about like these bangs going off. Uh, it wasn't too long ago. Okay, gunshots going off. It wasn't too long ago. You said you heard like a loud noise, right? And you like grabbed your gun, but you didn't like get out of bed and go check it out. Yeah, you bet your ass I did. Oh, well, then I missed <laughs> Remember, I ran into the wall trying to turn the light on. <laughs> okay, but you. Oh, when was this? When I heard the bottle break when I was doing the Jeepers Creepers research. Oh, and it was just that drunk bitch upstairs. Yeah, yeah. But you ran into a wall. Did you recover and go check it out? Yes. I turned the light on. I fucking went outside to check it out. What did, what did that you? All right, Rob, what are we thinking? Uh, I'm going to second Bob's opinion. I think there's definitely a second shooter. Was it Don? Was it her fucking drug dealer boyfriend? Who? Can, who what do we know? Who do we know? How do we know it? <laughs> Great detective work there. <laughs> <laughs> From our very own lawyer, Rob. <laughs> Nah, but seriously, I think uh, there's definitely got to be two shooters. There's no way all those people got fucking murked with no one waking up. As far as the ghosts go, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's some uh, spirits floating around because they just got fucking out of nowhere shot in the back by their fucking brother or sister or sister's boyfriend, but I don't think it's any kind of demonic possession. I don't think there's anything like super creepy about the house and obviously if there's been four other families that have reported no craziness happening then you know that kind of wraps it up you know puts the uh, Lutzes as a bunch of freaking bullshit as you know okay just like um the fucking warrens oh yeah yeah i mean that's like one aspect of this we didn't even cover because obviously after the Lutzes, like all these paranormal investigators flock to the house. Um, they do all these investigations. And this is like in the documentary I watched, like all of the clairvoyance or, or whatever you call them, um, 
like Lorraine Warren and everyone's like saying they feel these dark energies. They see all this crazy shit. And the one lady was just like, um, I mean, as a reporter, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. And now here's my whole, whole spiel. So we have the original murders. Now, obviously, there's a lot of fuckery going on there. And I think this could be chalked up to, you know, shitty police investigations. Time and time again, we see this. Um, not to put any fault on the cops, but, you know, there's also the mob at play. I mean, it's no secret the mob was heavily tied to this family, so there's some sort of aspect of that at play here. I think there is definitely some fuckery with the original murders. Um, but, you know, Ronald DeFeo, Butch, I think he is absolutely out of his fucking mind. So I could see, um, you know, him murdering his whole family. I mean, this guy, look up interviews with this guy. He's fucking out of his mind and he does change his story up a lot and this is his whole big spiel to try to get an insanity defense where he's just like hey you know i went out and uh i come back and boom my my fucking whole uh my my uh kid brother's murdered and you know i do love my dad you know i was very close to my dad but uh i had to go ahead and fucking shoot him and it went so fast and i ain't the devil i got horns coming out of my freaking head but i ain't the devil and uh, if anything, I fall from the devil. <laughs> and, like anything this guy says, he's out of his fucking mind. Uh, so I could see how it was him, possibly another shooter. And then as in regard to the Lutzes, again, not a ghost guy. I don't think it's something that happens, but I do know that a lot of people experience stuff like this. And I think the mind can play tricks on you. I think maybe these Lutzes maybe did have some Lutzes. yeah maybe these Lutzes did have some type of initial haunting or some type of energy or as we talked about a residual haunting was somewhere in the house experiencing it but then you know once they get the defense lawyer involved this whole thing just sort of snowballs Out into yeah into a bigger thing they start you know we get the exorcist they're like hey we can make money off of this and boom, 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 boom. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then once they did start making money off it, obviously they got to just stick with their story. And so, you know. That's probably the worst way to make money, though. Hey. hey. It worked for them. I mean, the writer of this thing made millions off that book. Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm saying it, it's just like. 25 movies, man. Making, <laughs> making, uh, making money. Numbers don't lie. Making money off of a whole family that got murdered. Well, yeah. They're see, that's another up. thing because it's like this is probably. I mean, maybe other than Lizzie Borden uh, or some other things like that, it's like this is one of the only cases where we have a actual like true crime murder that did happen, and then boom, we get on top of that a haunting. So it just kind of adds to the narrative and it pushes that haunting aspect of it. Um, whereas, you know, with like other hauntings, it's just like uh, you don't have that a fucking... It's called a massacre. A triple, triple homicide. Triple, triple. You don't got the triple, triple homicide. You don't got the double, triple homicide like with this case. So, you know, I think it was just... Um, a perfect storm of events that sort of led to this thing becoming one of the more famous hauntings. And um, I got kind of a question for everyone. Um, the second family that moved in, 
Are you guys going to move into a house where uh, six people got murdered? No matter how cheap it is, are you going to be concerned that six people died at that house? Um, personally, I wouldn't give a fuck. I would move in there. Um, I mean, might add that much more creepy shit to it. I mean, I, I don't really care. If somebody was murdered in the house, it's whatever. Uh, me and Ryan, funny enough, actually used to live the house that we lived in before this apartment that we're in now. A lady was actually murdered in the house, but we were unaware of that at the time of moving in. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, you get a deal for the murder house. It was just <laughs> it should have been. It was just something that we didn't know. But even if I did know, I mean, I wouldn't care. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Even after not, I found out, I wasn't that creeped out yeah, about it. I mean, it doesn't creep me out. I don't think that houses sort of hold on to that sort of thing. Yeah. I think. Um, you been I, watching that show on Netflix, buddy? Hey, I have, and I think it's bullshit. So there you go. Uh, well, the Lutzes are full of shit. I will agree with you on that. But I definitely think that if, you know, given the case, six people getting murked in a house, I feel like there could be something going on there. But like I said before, definitely not like demonic. Part of me thinks my cheap ass would. But like the rational side of me would be like, mm, Come probably on, not. Please. Come on. I'm serious. The rational side of you is saying, nah, this bitch is haunted. <laughs> if I was about to buy a house and I found that a whole family had just been murdered in there, I probably would, you know, steer away from That's it. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't. I would keep on with that mortgage. Oh, please. Oh. No, you wouldn't. Bobby, how about you? Uh, I'd probably <laughs> stick with it. I'm, I'm going to have to sympathize with Ryan because, I mean... You know, millennials, man, we're not making that much money. You got to go with the way. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. we got to take what we can get. Yeah. We got to start coming up with scam stories, apparently. Yeah. Maybe you guys will finally see that ghost that you haven't seen yet. So, yeah, I mean, um, that's our two cents on the Amityville haunting and all the bullshit that follows. Uh, I mean, I know there's a ton of stuff. I mean, we didn't get e- even get into the Indian burial stuff. Um <laughs> There's, there's a, no need to because it's yeah. bullshit. I mean, there's a ton of stuff <laughs> on this one. Uh, look it up. But, you know, if you guys have any other uh, interesting thoughts on the case, feel free to send them our way. Uh, podcast from Outer Space on Instagram, slide in the DMs. And um, other than that, stay tuned for our Halloween special dropping next week. Got a great episode in the queue for you guys. And... Um, Thank you so much for our sitting guest, Bobby Bones. And uh, other than that, thanks for having me, guys. Live long and prosper. Uh, You know, as Ryan already said, feel free to shoot us any questions, concerns, comments, compliments, podcastfromouterspace at gmail.com. And uh, any of you hockey fans out there, me and Adam have our new podcast, Center Ice Podcast. Right now we're just on Podbean. Hopefully soon we'll be up on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud. You know, as always, thanks for listening. Got a few things this week. If anybody has any great ideas for a cover-up tattoo, I'm willing to take suggestions, legitimate suggestions. I don't need penis tattooed on my arm. I'm trying to cover a tattoo. So anyways, any thoughts from our loyal legion of listeners I'm willing to take into consideration. You know, something with a lot of popularity, a lot of up, you know, thumbs up votes. Whatever. Just I don't get know a Sam Squatch peeping through the Maybe. The trees. You know, I'm open to suggestions. And, uh, you know, a couple thoughts for you guys before we head out. In the words of old Nicklaus, don't fuck with the demon. I think that's great life advice. <laughs> and uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah.